so what inspires you what inspiration do you have behind like particular scores what inspires you when you're creating your music you mean besides the deadline <laughs> besides the, yeah, besides with the pressure of having that time limit what what inspires you <laughs> <laughs> yes um well you know uh, a good story mm -hmm. and a good performance and um, I never forget that uh, my function is to support what's there and um, and enhance it. And if there is a little emotional component that isn't fully expressed in a scene with the actors, that music brings that extra little level. Those are my favorite things when it's something um, lyrical and and beautiful and um, so I think when it comes to uh, film music that you know that's sort of that's that has to be the initial spark. <laughs> now you know you choose your battles because you know a chase scene or a battle or a fight scene that's thrilling too <laughs> if it's real percussive and 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 lots of uh, stops and starts of action and stuff that that's really fun also but um you know uh the chances are that the sound effects in a scene like that are going to be as important if not louder than the music so that's why i sort of gravitate towards some of the times the quieter scenes where um, the actors and the music are sort of more inter interlaced, mm -hmm. I think is the way to put it. But uh, that's that's a very selfish thing to say because I just want to I just want to write music that's that's lovely and that people like. And you don't always play that role. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to be super subtle. And like mm -hmm. someone might say after a certain scene, oh, was there music in that? And, <laughs> and in an odd way, in an odd way, that could also be a compliment to a composer mm -hmm. because then you've just become part of the, the framework and the, and the wallpaper, so to speak. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. There, there are certain scenes where you can definitely hear the music more it's it's louder like sometimes in fight scenes i've seen you know, the music is just very very prominent like you you can hear it like there's no like you'll know there's music in that scene and then yeah. there are some scenes where the music is kind of just a little bit more in the background where when they're having a conversation and then it might kind of become a bit louder kind of towards the end of the scene when everyone's kind of gone quiet just depending on the scene but i think it's nice but i even if you don't focus on it I think for me I always know there's music there because it just adds to the scene if the scene was absolutely quiet you know it, it you know it wouldn't feel the same and obviously not every single scene there is music but a majority yeah. of the time there is something there and I feel well, like I even think, if you don't focus on it you still notice it you're sensitive to that and mm. and uh so it's obvious and and so so that's great, but you know, not everybody necessarily is uh, sometimes, and that's not a even a, a negative statement about someone that might watch, you know, a, a part of a film and 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 get caught up in in what's being said and what's being done, and then afterwards go, oh, was there music there? 
yeah. because because they were in the entirety of it mm -hmm. the emotion and the the intensity or not and uh and so that's why i say it's very subtle um but you're obviously a music appreciator so yeah. you notice you notice when it's there and um i mean yeah. I've, I've, been, I've been in that place myself where mm -hmm. where I've, I've i've caught uh you know myself after watching a scene for five minutes and going Wow, I didn't even notice the score mm -hmm. because I was so immersed in what was being said or done. And so it can happen. <laughs> no, absolutely. I'm sure there are times where I have been just so immersed in something that you don't really realize until later on, I think. And I think that's that's also a great thing because that means the actors have done an amazing job because you want to also get kind of pulled into that scene and, and just be focused on them. So I think it's a great thing. Absolutely. So how how do you feel about repurposing cues um, sorry, and uh, modifying previously used scores? Have you done that before? Uh, well, you're not allowed to do it. You're not allowed to do it from one series to another. So <laughs> I, I mean, the only way that I've ever felt that I've derived of myself is that I'm me and there's a certain harmonic and melodic language that I gravitate towards. But Oh God, no, you can't use a, a theme from one show or one TV series or one movie and change a note or two and use it somewhere else. That would be, that, that's, that's not something you do. Yeah. Um, and hopefully you wouldn't want to. <laughs> but within the same series, mm -hmm. it's completely understandable to, like for instance, in Charm, there weren't, that many themes that were that kept going other than my little 30 second end credit music that yeah i've probably got more emails about that than anything else on the show mm -hmm. uh interestingly but um yeah i don't i don't remember um blatantly repeating a theme but I probably was very connected to um, if there was a rhythmic um, idea that needed to happen, I might have had certain little rhythmic templates and I would maybe use that framework and write a new melody or arrangement of some kind floating above the rhythm. I mean, there's, those are just survival tricks when you're when you're uh when you're doing a long running show mm. um and there are definitely pieces i've heard on charm that have have been used uh, a couple of times but yeah. very rare like there are definitely pieces that you hear across the series a couple of times but it, it's never been maybe more than two or three times you hear something it's it's like every and, piece and, is very original you know in each episode and even if it was and and i think that you know I've, i'm sure you're correct and even if it was uh almost verbatim there was probably a reason for it mm -hmm. it, it either had something to do with with some a, a previous story that had some connection to this or a character that had some connection to what what was there but um yeah i'm it's it's absolutely fair game to do that. You 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 can do it within a series, but you you know it's just not a thing to do mm -hmm. to to be in one project and to lift the music and and do it elsewhere. It's it's just not a thing to do. No, I couldn't imagine you know maybe like watching let's say Supernatural because that's another 
you know, magical show and, and hearing uh, a certain piece of music that you've heard in Charm because it just wouldn't feel right. You know, that music was made particularly for that series, that scene, those characters, whatever. So it wouldn't, I don't think it would feel right. Yes, you're so right. Not to mention that it's illegal. Yes. <laughs> because you sign a contract mm -hmm. to do original music for that series. Like I say, there's always caveats with every composer in the sense that, you know, we are who we are musically. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, like a lot of people think, oh, John Williams, he, it always sounds like John Williams because, mm -hmm. you know, but oh my God, it, it, it's just because his, his, you know, I mean, I have a, I have a problem with people saying that because you can't say that any two scores of his sound alike, other mm -hmm. than the fact that they're just big giant genius orchestral writings, but every thematic and harmonic context, don't get me started on John Williams fan <laughs> club. I'll, I'll be here for three hours. Um, you know, is, is, is so specific to the project that he's on. And that's why I think uh, he's just the best. Mm. But, um, uh, yes, Sasha. Um, do you do you have a favorite piece that you've written? Not particularly for Charm, just in your career, in your life. I will say that there was a piece in Supernatural called Americana, and that was an instance where I used that theme. I think I wrote it for the first time around season four or five, and that show went for 15 seasons. I used it a few times a season after that in different incarnations, different arrangements, different lead instruments playing it. And the, and the fan response was really wonderful to it. The producers liked it. It seemed to work dramatically well. So I have an affinity for that because, um, I guess because it was loved. And so I, I felt really good about it, but um, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to pick, you know, it's like having uh, you know, 10,000 children and you got to pick which one you love most. And so, yeah. um, you know, but I can't that, imagine how many you've written to have to choose a particular piece that you love the most. Like, yeah, I don't, I don't think that's hard to do. There might be an episode where you go, Ooh, I like the way that whole score felt. Mm -hmm. And I don't, you know, um, I, I, I remember there was one episode that I really enjoyed doing on Charmed and there were many, but <laughs> there was one where the score, um, for whatever reason, just tickled me. And I think it was called, E, e to mummy tambien. Yes, yes. That, right? Uh, yes. Which is Spanish, Spanish uh, language, but mm -hmm. you know, a takeoff on mummy. Yeah. But um, so that was that for some reason that just stands out as a was a really fun fun score to do. But um, yeah, I don't think I I've answered your question so well. But um, honestly, as a generic retort. Mm -hmm. The last thing I ever wrote is my favorite thing. <laughs> yeah. So whatever I wrote last week is my favorite thing until whatever I write next week. Yeah. So that's that's kind <laughs> that's of fair it. enough. That's fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> I can I can't imagine it's it it would be impossible. I mean, the amount of work you've done and the pieces you've created to have to pick one particular piece 
I, I feel like it would be impossible for you to just it's hard to do. I mean, you know, like the, I wrote the th there was a series called Lois and Clark, the new adventures of Superman. Yes. You were probably, you know, two or three years old when that, <laughs> if you were born. Um, and um, I really love that theme. That theme was great fun to do. It was a big orchestra. And, uh, and so that, that's a standout, but, you know, honestly, you know, I feel, lucky and blessed to do this for a living. And so I, 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 it's hard to pick one, one thing really. Yeah. And kind of touching on that, do you have a, <laughs> do you have a favorite series or movie that you, that you particularly enjoyed working on? Well, I would certainly say Charmed and Supernatural are the last two because they were so long running that it, they became an, an old friend. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, there, was, uh, there was a certain amount of comfort um, to working on them. So that was very attractive. Um, there was a little short-lived show that only aired, excuse me, for six episodes um, called Falcone. That was like Godfather-ish. Um, that or do you remember the TV series The Sopranos? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So it was very similar to that. Um, I definitely enjoyed that because it was very, very different than than demons and um, or anybody flying. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that, and I actually got two Emmy nominations for that. Oh wow! For that project. Um, but, uh, you know what, here's, here's my real answer. My real honest answer, even if I'm not a huge fan of the episode or the series or whatever, mm -hmm. I really throw myself into my part of the work mm -hmm. and I figure out a way to enjoy it and to connect and to, and to, and to be part of the team. And so, um, You know, I would say, you know, like I said, the, the, the writing the main theme for Superman was was a thrill. The, the little Falcone thing, the, the longevity of both Charmed and Supernatural were, were, were comfort food. Uh, I think there's probably even a, a relation to the audience on that because when you have a show that you're really into that's like on for more than a couple of years mm -hmm. it becomes people in your living room suddenly that yes. that you know mm -hmm. and love and uh, i think it's the same thing on the on the creative end you know um it's just it's, it's comfortable and you don't want to get too comfortable because then that could breed a little bit of laziness yeah creatively Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, because, you know, you're, you are sort of reinventing the wheel for year after year. Mm -hmm. And that's why the story is so important because that's what allows all the rest of us, actors, set design, film composer, lighting, cameraman, it allows everybody to find variations on the theme when the, when the stories are interesting and good and there was certainly something something wonderful about the chemistry of those women and how they affected 
people, but especially young women, just, you know, the, the power in them. Hmm. Uh, and how did, how did it feel for you um, when the show ended, since it was, you know, kind of such a long running thing and, you know, like I said, you're comfortable kind of, how did it feel when it was? It's always, a little, it's always a little bit, um, it's, a, you know, it's always a little bit sad because it's the end of a, an era or something. I mean, what it, in that case for me, I had dovetailed right into Supernatural. So it was very strange going from three women battling demons <laughs> and evil and all that to two men doing it. <laughs> uh, even though they're two very different shows, but the, the, you know, the general subject was, are, are related. So that took a little bit of the sting out of it for me yeah. because I had done the last year of Charm was my first year of Supernatural. Oh. And so there was this sort of dovetail going into it. And I didn't know how long Supernatural would last. I mean, honestly, you know, we all thought, oh, wow, well, that'll be fun for a couple of seasons. And then mm. by season <laughs> 10, we went, okay, that was a good 10 years. And yeah. by season 11, we went, okay, maybe what, maybe 12? And so suddenly we got to 15. They're all a surprise and all a shock. And sometimes the saddest ones are when they go away that you love being a part of in yeah. a year or less. Mm -hmm. And that happens an enormous amount. So uh, of course it was a little sad, um, um, but it, you know, I, I was lucky that I was able to yeah. Going for a rebound relationship, as it were, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so you weren't lonely for a period of time. You kind of just went from one to the other. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I can, I want to ask you a question, which if you do not want to answer it, that's fine. Or I can kind of say it like off the record and I won't include it if you don't want to answer it. But I wanted to ask you, who's the best director you've worked with? And if you would again you have to answer and the worst yeah um i i, I obviously wouldn't say the worst mm. because you know that that just puts a little poison out in the air and mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't you know if we if you and i were having a glass of wine and and having a little discussion privately you know i i would be maybe less reticent to do it mm -hmm. but i don't i don't think it's appropriate to do that um in this instance but director wise i mean there was a you know, in television, there's a different director almost every episode. Mm -hmm. There might be directors that do three or four episodes every season, yeah. but almost every episode is different directors. Um, wow, it's hard to say. I mean, only because I'm fresh off of Charmed just finishing, there were three or four directors on that that were great, Bob Singer, Bill Sagrisha, um, you know, almost too many names to, to think of because there were so many, but um, I'm trying to think on Charmed. And like, I remember when I mentioned to you that during the music spotting session, 95% of the time in television, you're not spotting with a director, you're mm -hmm. spotting with the producer. Yeah. So, so, you know, um, I would say I met 10% of the directors that worked on Charm. Okay. They would come to the, the playback of the mm -hmm. final mix of the show 
and that's where I met a few people. There was one writer uh, on Charm. She was only there for a year, but she was great. Um, I, I actually need to look up her name, if you forgive me to do that. Yeah, of course. I, I don't remember if she uh, direct. She might have directed a, a few episodes, but she was really great. Uh, hold on one second. How do I find her? Not sure if she's in my phone book. Yeah. Sorry, I, 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 I. Uh, this is kind of like the same question as what's your favorite piece of music. Mm -hmm. You know, um, suffice to say, there is definitely a small list of people that if I never work with again, I'm completely okay with it. Okay. <laughs> but I'm just not going to get verbal about it. I don't. Yeah, that's fine. That. Honestly, I didn't expect you to answer <laughs> that question because obviously it's, I mean, who's really who's really going to say, oh, well, this person was awful to work, you know, it's it, like you said, it is a negative thing. And you don't want to put that out there because you don't want to talk badly about anyone because there's just no need. But it was just kind of a question. I just thought like, you know, I don't, asking I don't her, have a problem but... talking badly about people that have done terrible things. But if <laughs> yes. someone didn't do such a great job on a TV show or a movie, or maybe even didn't get along that great with me <laughs> or with other people, I don't need to. I don't need to further toxify no. the yeah. air. Um, but even you know, I'm not. I'm even struggling. I I, I can't find her name. Um, but um, I think she directed a few, and I know she wrote uh, at least for, if not one, two seasons. Um, uh, so I'm sorry, I can't answer that question as as well as as you'd I'm like to. But there, you know, there's a there was a director. I, I think he's retired now, but his name was Robert Butler, and he directed a lot of television. He directed the pilot of Lois and Clark: New Adventures of Superman, and he was great to work with. But um, Bob Singer is a writer, producer, director who did all of Supernatural, <laughs> along with Eric Kripke, who created it, and both of them directed episodes on that. And they were great. And of course, it's fresh on my mind because it's the most recent thing I've just finished. Of course. Um, there are so many names on um, Uncharmed that I've, I've, I've just forgotten because um, it's been so long, frankly. Yeah. You know, um, even have though it's you, a small industry. Yeah. Have you ever been on, have you ever been on set of any of like Charmed or Supernatural, yeah. any of the projects or just kind of watching behind the scenes? I went to I went to Charmed set twice and met the women. Um, this was season two, which I think that was still the original three women. Yeah, Shannon was still there. So you never Shannon, met Rose. I didn't meet Rose, um, but Shannon was Shannon was there. What the first three, four seasons? Three, first three, yeah. First three. I'm I'm talking to the expert, <laughs> um, uh, and they were all very sweet and 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 uh, you know, they were cool. They were happy to be working, mm -hmm. and and uh, I, you know, uh, Alyssa was you know she was a she's a veteran. Mm. Uh, um, they were yeah, 
They were great. And it was, a, it was, a, I didn't detect some of the, what would become a little bit of an issue on set. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, I didn't detect it at that point, but I know <laughs> that that became a thing and it's, you know, it happens. Yeah. It happens. But uh, yes, I've been to uh, the sets of almost everything I've ever worked on at least once. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. I think yeah, that's yeah. amazing. I think I feel like you you need to because you're such a big part of it. You need to kind of just go on set, even if it's once or twice. Absolutely true. I mean, you know, just to even see, you know, that that amazing, but very long and tedious process mm -hmm. because you know, you're we watch these terrific TV shows and movies and it just goes by in in an hour or two. And you know, sometimes a three-minute scene can take, you know, four hours to get right. And so, lots of lighting setups, lots of you know, different angles. The same scene shot from three different angles. So, yeah. it's 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 a whole incredible, amazing process. But you know, for me, the motivation wasn't only that, but was just try to get a sense of the human, mm -hmm. not the that was doing the acting. And so, yeah, I've. Uh, I've been to the set of uh, pretty much everything I've ever done, except for some things that were shot out of Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. But even uh, Supernatural, which was all shot in Vancouver, because mm -hmm. Charmed was all shot here. Yeah. You know, in Los Angeles. <laughs> um, they, they probably went up to San Francisco a couple of times, I imagine. Um, um, I know that they probably did. Mm -hmm. Uh, most of it was shot here. Um, um, so yeah, that was, those are, those are fun outings. Mm, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're all, you're all on the same team, but you basically never see each other. Yeah. You know? So Yeah. So it's nice that you got to at least meet them and kind of see, you know, what you're working on and, you know, as opposed to just kind of being there only behind the scenes, kind of watching the episode. It's nice that you got, because you're such a big part of the show. So it's nice that you got to meet kind of everyone and go there yeah. and experience it. Yes, exactly. It's, it's such a giant wheel of mm. creative people that make one show. I mean, it's, it's not, it's no one person's endeavor ever. No. Yeah. No. And I think that's, such a big thing as well is that you know the cast they're amazing and they you know make the show so great but without the crew and just everyone working behind the scenes charmed or any show any movie would not be what it is it's absolutely true how i let me ask you a question which <laughs> I, I haven't watched it yet how do you feel about the new charmed series Oh, so yes, I'm like you. I don't like to talk badly about people or things. <laughs> so I won't talk too much about it. But I will say, I think I think there are some fans out there who who are who love the original who also love the new one. And I think that's that's great, you know. So so give show them support, obviously, you know, they're they're actors, they're doing their thing, and you know, that's nice that people show them love. And they've been going on, I think, for three seasons now. So yeah. Clearly, they're doing something right. Obviously, there are fans out there. Oh, but is it for, three already? I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, really. but for for me, I watched about the 
half of the first season and then I just couldn't watch anymore. I just didn't yeah. I just didn't enjoy it. And I and I think I love like I love the old charm. I love the original. I love the girls. It's just such it's a completely different show, you know? And just kind of I'm yeah, curious just about that. Is, it, is it is it it's still the same thematic idea. It's three yeah. sisters mm -hmm. that have these yeah, it's three sisters. They're they are the charmed ones. So it's it's similar and they are they have they have their they have a white lighter and you know there's the elders. So there's very similar things, but I think I I just I I don't know for me watching the new one, it just it felt I don't know, it felt really old as well because you're kind of comparing it yeah. to the original as well. But for me personally, I just think because of technology now obviously special effects and everything are so different and I feel like for, for me I like the original I feel like it's there's too much you know with the demons on the new show and then I just think the storylines for me I'm I'm not a fan of that so I didn't I didn't really enjoy it and I'm and I'm for me I'm a, I'm a, I'm a very old school person so I I love I love I love you know I'm obsessed with 80s I, and I love the 80s so much and I love the 50s and I I love all of that 60s 70s those are like amazing eras for me and I really enjoy them so I'm such an old school person I may be young but in here I'm old I'm so much older you know so I'm I'm such a fan of all of that stuff so for me particularly I don't watch too much too too much like new new shows you know there are some particular ones obviously that i watch and that i really enjoy but right. like the newer ones i i don't really watch them so there are so many shows these days that people talk about and i'm like i have no idea because i don't watch these shows i understand and there's so many choices mm. we've got just thousands and thousands of choices now which is good but it also creates lots of separate clubs yeah lots of clubs you know you know when when tv first started the whole world watched the same three or four things yeah you know so that's exactly but we are in a golden age i think again of television there's incredible series being made in everywhere in the world i mean the british shows are amazing i mean there's mm. shows from spain that are amazing from france i mean incredible really no, uh, no absolutely there's just not enough hours in the day to uh, no, especially you know with Netflix and all these things. You know, they're they're as well as just so easy to access because you have, um, you know, like before, like watching TV shows. You know, like you had to wait each week for these shows to kind of come out. Whereas now Netflix, like the entire season or the series, is just there for you to watch instantly. And kill a weekend with. But you know, Charmed, I guess, went off of Netflix a few months back, right? I think. Yes, it no did. Long. So many fans were so upset about that. I got so many messages. Where can I watch it? Do you know where I can watch it? I'm curious. Where do people watch it? So for me, I have all the DVDs. So I watch on a D so I watch on a DVD player, which is actually better because you know, like if internet goes off or you lose connection or something. You have the DVDs, you have something to watch. So I yeah. watch them on DVDs. But I think in the States they're they they play it on TV there. And there are some websites online yeah. that you can find them. Yeah. So in the, in 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 UK right now, there's nowhere that it's airing. No, it used to air and then now they've started playing the new charms. So they've taken the original one off. 
Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, so I have one final question for you and then I shall let you go. So my last question is, what was it like working with James Horner? Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I did um, three or four movies with him in a arranger or producer capacity uh, when I was really just starting out in film work. He was one of the bravest composers ever. And I say that because there was no sort of style or ensemble that intimidated him. He just went, okay, if this movie, speaking of bagpipes and Yulian pipes, which, you know, that the score for Braveheart is one of the, one of the most beautiful, great scores, but he was just completely brave um, completely dedicated. Um, I remember when I first met him, I had a hit song at the time. I had written a hit song called Friends and Lovers. And it was a duet that was just a kind of a bit of a corny 80s ballad around the mid 80s. And it was, you know, it was at the top of the charts, but I was just transitioning to go learn about and do my own film projects. And, you know, I got put together with him to um, do some arranging of some pieces for a movie called Cocoon. Cocoon, yeah. Yeah. So uh, what I remember about him that was so fascinating, he had never written a song yet. So, but he knew that I had a, a song on the charts at that point. So he had me play it on the piano and he just hovered over me and watched my hands. And I played, yes, said, play it again. I played it like three times. <laughs> and, and, you know, he was very complimentary and all that. And then, you know, we got to work to what we were gonna do. And within three or four years, he had a small hit song with, uh, what was that movie fought that started? It was animated. And it had a hit song with Jennifer Warnes and uh, I forget who the other singer was. Um, was it an 80s animation movie? Was there people in it or just animation? No, it was pure animation and it had a, a, a mouse called Fievel. And, and uh, I forgot the name of the movie, but he had a, a big hit, you know, pretty big hit song with it. And then a decade later, Titanic. So my point about James Horner was mm -hmm. that he was a brilliant sponge. Mm -hmm. He just, when he saw a musical environment that he didn't necessarily have experience in, he just glued to it and figured it out and was, mm -hmm. uh, was a tragic loss, a really tragic loss. Mm -hmm. And uh, I worked with him you know, for about on and off for about five years. And then, you know, a little less when I started getting busy with my own things. But yeah. the very first feature film I did was a little movie called The Principal. Mm -hmm. And it was because James Horner recommended me to the director. Uh, we had done Cocoon. Mm -hmm. And and so, uh, you know, I have fond thoughts, fond memories, a lot of respect for his process and his bravery. 
I keep saying brave because, you know, it's so intimidating mm -hmm. to suddenly be on a project where you have to do a style of music that you, that you aren't that familiar with. Yeah. Um, and so he was, he was always impressed me with that. So, yes. Oh, that's incredible. That's really yeah. lovely that you had that opportunity to work with him and for quite a while, for a few years as well. So that's really amazing that you had that. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you. I, I went through all the sessions and learned and, you know, but the same thing for me, even though I didn't never worked with John, I mm -hmm. went to about 10 years worth of John's Williams sessions also yeah. just in a corner and just watching that genius at work. And, you know, Jamie was an, a variation on that theme. Mm. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you and to learn and to just hear everything. It's It's been amazing. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, Nora. You had great questions and you're lovely and, and very personable. And um, so thank you. Thank you.